You are listening to a live broadcast from Faith Worship Center in Portia, Arkansas. I'm going to ask you to turn with me tonight to the book of Matthew. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 through 26 is where we'll be reading tonight. When you're there, say amen. 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 Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19, and it says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and man. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Amen. Let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your instruction. We thank you for your truth, Lord. We thank you tonight, Father, that you desire a relationship with us, God, above all else, Lord. We ask that you would light that same desire in our hearts, God, that we would desire you above all else, God. We ask that you would move on hearts tonight, that your Holy Spirit would convict, Father, that you would anoint me to speak, that you would anoint your people to receive your word tonight, and that your truth would become real and alive to every person here, Lord, to every person that hears these words. God, let it become alive in their hearts tonight, Father. We thank you for your presence that we felt here tonight. We thank you, Father, that you are present here with us now. And we ask that every word that comes out of my mouth tonight, God, would be pleasing in your sight, Lord, that you would guide my thoughts, that you would guide my mouth as I speak, Lord, and most of all, that your anointing would rest in this place upon myself, upon every heart and life in this room. And we give you all the praise and we give you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're all probably familiar with this section of scripture that is referred to the sermon or referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. We, I'm sure we've all heard of it. We've talked about it. Maybe you've preached from it. You've been in classes. Um, I think Brother Gabe back home is about to do a series on this in particular. Um, but this is this particular passage has been uh, near and dear to my heart for the last couple of weeks, as I felt the Lord really working things in and out of my heart. And you know, if if you are a minister in here, the Lord's going to make you walk it first, right? He's going to make you learn it first. He's going to make you have to uh, journey that road before you present it to others. And I hope I can do that here tonight with the help of the Holy Spirit. 
But I want you to know tonight that you serve a very jealous God. And maybe that sounds big and scary, but it's really not. Because at, at the very deepest part of our hearts, all each and every one of us in here really want is for someone to love us and to care for us in a way that nobody else does. And I want you to know tonight that your heavenly Father loves you in that way. Your heavenly Father loves you and desires you in that way. It doesn't matter if any other human does or does not. You have a heavenly Father that longs for you, that longs for a relationship with you so much that he would send his only son to die where sin had separated us from him. He was a holy God. He didn't have to dwell with sin. In fact, he could not dwell with sin, but he wanted a relationship with you so much that he was willing to send his only son Jesus to this earth to live a perfect life to die in our place that we would be reconciled to the father that we would be reconciled to the father that he would not only know us but we could know him that we could know him what a treasure That's what we're going to talk about tonight. The greatest treasure that you could have in this life is knowing Christ. Knowing Christ. He is a jealous God. And and this Sermon on the Mount, you know, as I read through it, I, I realize just how far that us as believers, how far we have fallen from what God truly wants to see developed in us as his people. As his children. And this is, I want to make sure I make this very clear. This is not a works-based message. I'm not telling you, and I'm not going to explain to you how we work our way into having treasures in the storehouses of heaven. Because we know that that's an impossibility. But unless we have the knowledge of God's word, unless we know where we're falling short, we cannot ask the Holy Spirit to help us in those areas. We need knowledge of the word and then we need the Holy Spirit to come alongside and to make in us and create in us the heart and the mind that God desires us to have. So this truth that I'm bringing to you tonight... We are going to talk about some of the the character of the believer that God desires and wants to see operating in and through a believer. But we also must understand that the only way that we come to this place is that the Holy Spirit, by, by faith in what Christ has done for us, would work in us and create the heart and the mind in us that God desires us to have. And you know, some people say, you know, we read through this Sermon on the Mount and we think, well, this is what God wants the believer to look like to the world. And that's true. There is a truth to this. There is a truth to that. There is a a way that we should appear, a way that we should conduct ourselves, a way that the world should see us where we don't look like them and we don't act like them and we are not a part of them, spiritually speaking. There is a truth to that. But as I read through this, the more and more I go through it, the more I realize that it wasn't just about how people perceive us. 
It's about blessing for the believer. If I walk in this, if I ask the Lord to work in my heart and help me to walk in his ways, it is a blessing to you and I. It's not about what we look like on the outside and how people see us. God said, this is, this is the way to a blessed life, that you put your faith in me, you let my Holy Spirit work in you, and this is what we want to see. This is what we want the end result to be. And there's some things in this passage that he, he warns us about. And we're going to talk about that tonight. Again, I'm not preaching works to you. We understand Calvary. We understand what the cross did for us. We understand that the Holy Spirit must do a work in us to bring us to this place. But we also must be aware of what needs to change. Of what needs to be transformed in our hearts and in our minds. And the truth is... There are things in each and every one of our lives that should not be there. Are we too holy to admit that tonight? There are things in each and every one of our lives that should not be there. There are things in our hearts and in our minds that hinder our relationship with God. God wants your heart tonight. He wants to be as close to your heart as you will allow him to be. He wants that. He desires that. He made a way for that to happen. Now we need to recognize the things that we've allowed into our lives, that we've allowed into our mind, that has separated us from intimacy with God. We must see those things and then come humbly to the throne of God and ask him to help us. Ask him to remove those vices. Ask him to remove those things that you've treasured over him. But all of us are in this place. As I speak to you tonight, I told you I had to walk through this first. The Lord had to start to deal with me about things that I, were, I was holding on to that I, I put before him. We all have them or we have those things that are, are threatening to replace God on the throne of our hearts. Where he longs to be, where he desires to be. And if you want to live a blessed Christian life, anybody here want to live a blessed Christian life? Then he says, here is what needs to happen. And he brings us to verse 19 where Jesus says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth. Seems very simple, you know, and, and it's easy to take this the wrong way. Because we have to understand here that Jesus was not saying don't have nice things. He wasn't saying don't enjoy life. The key word here and what we have to pay attention and draw our attention to is the word treasures. What is a treasure? Something I hold dear to my heart. Right? If you treasure something, you hold it dear to your heart. Something you would protect at all costs. 
Something that you would hoard and protect at all costs. Something relied on, get this, for peace of mind or security. A treasure. Something that you're holding to to, to feel safe. You know, we'll laugh about it. Um, but these last couple years have been a wild ride, right? A lot of talk of the apocalypse coming and the end of the world coming, right? And what was going on? People were getting scared and they were starting to hoard toilet paper. <laughs> I mean, silly, right? But, but on a real note, there, there are people, and, and I have to, you have to bring a balance to this because I understand when you have a family and you have people that you provide for, you want to keep them safe, safe, and we have a responsibility to do that. So I understand. But when it becomes obsessive and we're hoarding to take care of ourselves, we're buying the food and we're buying the ammo and we're stocking up and we're buying the storage boxes and we're, and I'm, I mean, who are you relying on to protect you? Who are you relying on to keep you safe? Where, where is your security? Because what Jesus is saying here, if you are laying up treasures in this world, then you are not concerned with me providing for you. In, in fact, many times it can be faithlessness that causes us to hoard these treasures because somewhere, whether we admit it or not, somewhere deep inside of us, we are not trusting God to do what he said that he was going to do. And that is to be our provider. Amen. Look, I'm going to say something tonight. Do you realize, and I want you to think really hard on this, do you realize that you could survive the rest of your life on this earth solely by the provision of God. Think about that. The rest of your life, you could make it. You could survive solely by the provision of God because he is who he says he is, because he is Jehovah Jireh. Because he is your provider. He will take care of his children. Where is your treasure? I'm going to keep asking you this question tonight. Where is your treasure? He said, lay not up for yourself treasures upon the earth. Where moth and rust corrupt and thieves steal. See, there is nothing on this earth that could stand the test of time. There's nothing on this earth that you could hold to that would last forever. Not a single thing. Not a single earthly thing that you have will last forever. And on the other side of that coin, we are a very greedy people. So there is nothing in this life that could satisfy us, no matter how great it is, there's nothing that could satisfy us eternally. Nothing earthly that we could keep, that we could treasure, that could satisfy us eternally. 
We quickly grow tired of things. Things get old really fast. Apple's got a new iPhone every year. You think, you think they don't know what they're doing? They could have made the 16 10 years ago. But they know we get tired of things working the way they work, and we like new and flashy things. So this next year, I'm going to add one more gadget, and we go out and blow thousands of dollars on the newest phone because it's cool. Because last year's phone is old news. We get tired of things. We, our flesh likes flashy, exciting, new things. Because there's nothing earthly that holds its value. There's nothing earthly that will eternally satisfy your heart and your soul. And you can search this world over and over and over again. And you won't find in it anything that fills the void in your heart and in your life. Not one thing. Not a single thing. But Jesus said these are the things that some are laying up for themselves. Treasures on this earth where everything will grow old. Nothing will satisfy. Nothing's going to stay around forever. In two seconds, someone could blow through the door, take everything you have, and it's gone. And then what? What do we have? Where is your treasure tonight? What have you put between you and your Savior? What has become your security? What has become your provider? Is it yourself? Do you rely on yourself to meet your needs? And I'm not telling you to go sit at home and don't go to work tomorrow or Monday. We have to be realistic here, but what I'm saying is God and the blessings that he gives and spiritual blessings are the only thing in this life that are going to fulfill the void in your heart. So Jesus says, lay up treasures in heaven. Lay up treasures in heaven. What, it, what is this? What, how, how do we lay up treasures in heaven? And as I was pondering this thought, my mind went to the story of the rich young ruler in Matthew 19. And this young man who was very wealthy comes to Jesus and says, How do I have eternal life? How can I be saved? How do I have eternal life? And Jesus says to him, well, you keep my commandments. And he goes through some of the the Ten Commandments where you don't steal and don't commit adultery and honor your father and mother. And the young man looks at him and says, well, I've, I've done all of that. I've done all of that. But what am I missing? He literally asked that. I've done that, but what am I missing here? Because he knew even doing all of those things and having all of the money that he had, there was something not right in his heart. There was an emptiness. There was a void 
that was there. So what do I do? What am I missing? And Jesus says, if you would be perfect, sell everything that you have, give it to the poor, and follow me. And what happened? The young man walked away sorrowful, the scripture says. Why? Jesus said, I'll I'll give you what you want. I'll tell you how you can have it. And, And the issue here was not that he was rich. It wasn't that he had money, it, and that's a whole different topic, but the, the problem here was not that he had money. It was, however, that his money had him. Jesus knew when he told this man, give everything you have to the poor and follow me. He knew that the one thing that stood between this rich young ruler and eternal life were his treasures. The one thing that was separating him from relationship with God, from literally walking, you realize he could have left that day and followed alongside of the Savior? He could have held his hand. He could have sat at his feet. He could have witnessed the miraculous over and over again. But because his treasure was in things that would fail, things that would be gone, things that he could not take with him into eternity, he could not take with him. But they had such a hold on him. Jesus knew that his treasure was what was keeping him separated from relationship with Christ. What a thought. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. How do I do that? Is it, is it my works? Do I, do I work my way? Do I do enough and earn treasures in heaven? How, how do I lay up treasures in heaven? Is it my doctrine? Hello? Is it that I believe perfectly and right and good? Because there are some people that believe that. I've got treasures in heaven because I believe the message of the cross. I hope you do. But I also hope you don't think of it like that. (laughs) Treasures in heaven are found when we find ourselves with full faith in the one treasure. That is Christ. He is our treasure. You lay up treasures in heaven as we trust in Him, as we place our faith in Him. And and that will produce, it will produce works. It will produce giving to the work of God. It will produce in us things that are good and and works that are good. And there is nothing wrong with doing. 
We've thought for a long time really negatively about doing anything for Christ, but that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. James said, faith without works is dead. If I don't see you doing something for Christ, if I don't see you pursuing Christ, if I don't see your works, then guess what? I'm not sure you really know who he is. I'm not sure that you really believe in him. I'm not sure that your faith is in Christ. See, there is a responsibility on the believer. There is a responsibility, as I said at the beginning of this sermon, that we know the word of God and we know what God wants to develop in us. Not that we step out and try to be perfect. That's not what I'm saying. But we humbly say, Lord, I am broken in this area. I see where I am falling short. And I need your Holy Spirit to come alongside me and to help me to be what you have asked me to be, what you desire me to be. Not just so others look at me and think, oh, what a great Christian she is, but that the deepest depths of my heart would please you. That in the quiet places of my home, when I'm shut in alone by myself, that my heart pleases the Father. That my faith pleases the Father. He has to be your treasure. He wants to be your treasure. You're one and only. I love my husband. I love my family. But if they are before Christ, then they are my treasure and he is not. My greatest calling in this life is to know him and to make him known. He has to be your treasure tonight. He has to be your number one priority tonight. And if he's not, I would ask you, what is it in your life that he needs to deal with? What is it in your life that you need to lay at the foot of the cross? What is it in your life tonight that you need to lay on the altar of sacrifice and say, Lord, take this from my life. Take this from me. Where is your treasure? Because he wants to be your treasure. He wants to be your treasure. He wants to be your one and only. Christ and what he gives, the blessings, the spiritual blessings that come in with relationship with Christ, those are the only things that you can take into eternity with you. Those are the only things that are going to eternally satisfy your heart. Christ, my treasure. Can you say that tonight? Can you say that for yourself? Christ, my treasure. Because you know, I found myself in a place where I would say, of course, of course he is. Of course he's my treasure. Of course he's everything that I need. Of course, we know that. But I would lay in my bed at night and I would, I would ponder over these things that that I was in need of or, or cares of this world that would keep me awake through the night. And it, and it caused me to question, where, 
Where is my treasure really at? Where is it? If you want treasure in heaven, there must be nothing between your soul and your Savior. Nothing between. And I understand this is not a perfect world, but this is what we're striving for. And I'm, I say that not in, again, not in works. I want you to understand me. But this is what we want. That our hearts would truly be in a place that we desire him above all things. That we desire him more than that relationship. That we desire him more than our own children. And that's a hard one, guys. But that we want him more than we want our spouse, more than we want that job, more than we want our things, more than we want our money. That we desire him more. And the scripture tells us that where, this is verse 21, where your treasure is, your heart will be. This is a matter of fact. Where your treasure is, your heart will be. Not might be. But I can look at the things that you love, the things that you talk about, the things that you have in your home, and I could probably tell you where your treasure is. Again, you can have nice things. You can have money. You can be wealthy. Those can be blessings from God. But what cannot happen is those things cannot have you. They cannot have you. See, desire follows what we choose to treasure. Your heart will be where your treasure is. So follow me here. Desire follows what you have chosen to treasure. Has anybody here ever collected anything? Collectibles? Maybe baseball cards. When I was young, I know some people get freaked out by them. But when I was a kid, I collected porcelain dolls. You don't have to raise your hand. You know what collecting is, okay? You know what collectibles are. But the funny thing about collecting things, collectibles, when you have things that you treasure and you store up, when you get them... You just want to keep getting more of them. It's like the more you get, the more you want. The more that I treasure up these baseball cards, the more I want the other ones that I don't have. There's like this thrill of having hundreds of baseball cards. I don't know what you guys do with those, but there's something really crazy and special to a person as they collect these cards. You, you know what I'm talking about. If you've collected anything or you have things that you like, it's like you can't ever have enough of it. That's a treasure. And my question to you tonight what is it in your life that you feel that way about? And is it Christ? Is it Christ? Is he your treasure? 
He wants us to be in the place where we can't ever have enough of him. Where we're constantly desiring more and more of him. That he is our treasure. And he's jealous over you. He's jealous. Exodus tells us, Exodus 34, when when he gave Moses the Ten Commandments, he literally said to Moses, he said, Thou shalt worship no other God, for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. He said he's not just jealous, his name is jealous. Who he is over us and toward his children. His name is jealous. He is a jealous God and that he wants us. See, we are his treasure. You are his treasure. But is he yours? Where is your treasure tonight? He wants your heart. He wants your heart tonight more than anything else. He wants your heart. He wants relationship with you. He wants to be close to you. He wants intimacy with you. He wants nothing between your soul and him. You want to live a blessed life? I'll tell you how to live a miserable life. Try storing up earthly things for yourself and see what it does. The scripture tells us, this is verse 24. I'm skipping ahead, so I'm running out of time. But verse 24. No man can serve two masters. It's an impossibility. Nobody can serve two masters. And you know, a lot of the time we think of that. Well, yeah, of course, you can't can't serve Satan and serve God. But that's not what Jesus was talking about here. He's saying, you can't serve yourself and serve me. The scripture tells us that the flesh wars after the spirit. They cannot coincide. And, and I, as I was traveling through this, it hit me, you know, as I'm thinking about the church today, I think this might be one of the church's biggest problems today is that somehow we've come to the place where we've convinced ourselves that we can have what our flesh desires and we can also have the Spirit of God. That we can ask the Spirit of God to move, but we can also kind of do it our way. It's impossible. It's impossible. And you wonder why the suicide rate in the church is higher than it's ever been. Because you cannot be fulfilled living a life after the flesh and a life after God. It's impossible. It's impossible. No exceptions. You can't serve God and serve yourself. You can't serve this world. And serve God in the way that he desires. See, it is either God's way or it's the wrong way. It's God's way or it's the wrong way. And he says, you're going to, you can't, 
You literally can't do it. The flesh lusteth against the spirit. Galatians tells us that they are contrary to one another. That you can't do the things that you would. The flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. They cannot dwell together. So you are going to have to make a decision. It is either my way or it's God's way. It's your way or it's God's way. But I want to tell you tonight that if you choose God's way, if you choose his way, there is blessings. There are treasures in heaven that are waiting on you. There are blessing after blessing after blessing. If you're miserable tonight, if you're struggling tonight, if you're struggling with depression and anxiety and cares of this world, I would ask you tonight, where is your treasure? And is it in Jesus Christ? Because what you will find in him will satisfy every void in your heart. It will satisfy every need in your life. He wants to be your treasure. Verse 25, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What you shall eat, what you shall drink, or for your body, what you'll put on is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment. See, sometimes... The things we treasure are good things. They're they're needs. We have to eat, right? We have to be clothed. Please do. Being real here tonight. Sometimes we can treasure and obsess over things that are really needs in our lives. But Jesus said, if you make me your treasure, what does he say here in verse 26? And I love this, and we know this scripture, but it hit me in a different way when I read it this weekend. Behold, the boughs of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not much better than they? He would use the example of the birds of the air. There is no process where birds, they're not like squirrels where they hoard up food and they go hide it for the winter and they have what, you know, they know that they're going to have what they need. No, the bird doesn't sow. He doesn't plan anything. There's not a harvest time where the bird goes to what he knows he planted and he's going to reap it and he knows he's going to have food. He doesn't do that. He doesn't prepare for anything. He doesn't gather into barns and store things up to make sure that he's provided for. Somehow, the bird doesn't have a care in this world and shows up when he's hungry and finds food. He shows up when he has a need and it's there. See, God, are you not better than the birds of the air? You don't have to sow. You don't have to reap. You don't have to try to provide for yourself. You don't have to try to store up things to be sure that you have what you need. Because Jesus is saying, if I am the treasure of your heart, if I am the apple of your eye, if I am your number one priority, then all you have to do when you're hungry is show up. All you have to do when you're thirsty is show up. 
All you have to do when you're in need is look to me. All you have to do is show up at the foot of the cross. And here I am ready to give you everything that you have need of. If the birds can do it, if he's an on-time God for the bird, then he's an on-time God for me. How much more would he provide for his children? How much more does he love you and me, our treasure, Christ Jesus, our treasure? Would you stand with me tonight? Singers, musicians, if you would come, he wants to be your treasure. It's that simple. He wants you to know tonight that he will provide for every need. He wants you to know tonight that you don't have to rely on your own strength that you don't have to store up things that have no value, that don't stand the test of time, if you will simply make him your treasure tonight, then you will have, and I want you to mark my words tonight, if you make him your treasure, you will have everything that you have need of. He's provided already what you have need of. He's paid the price already to give you what you need. He's a jealous God that wants a relationship with you, that wants intimacy with you, his children. And I would ask you tonight, is there anything in your life that is standing between your soul, and your Savior? Is there anything that you say, Lord, I've realized that somehow as we've traveled through life and circumstances, somehow my eyes have moved from you Onto whatever it is in your heart that, that you are holding dear and dearer to your heart than Christ. He wants to be your treasure. He wants to be your savior. He wants to be the Lord of your life in every way. He wants to be seated on the throne of your heart tonight. Nothing else and no one else. And I want to pray tonight. I'm going to ask for a, all eyes closed, heads bowed all over the room. And of course, the first appeal I'm going to make, and I couldn't leave here without offering it. Is there anyone in here who has never made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life? If that's you tonight, no one looking around, every head bowed, every eyes closed, and we simply do this and offer this to come alongside you in the faith. Is there anyone here? And the second appeal I'm going to make is for the believer, for the one who has followed after Christ, the one who has made Christ at a time the Lord of their life, but you found yourself in a place where the cares of this world and the things that this world has to offer has taken the place of God on the throne of your heart. And you can say tonight, 
with no shame, no judgment, but you would say tonight, I've treasured something else. There is something in my life that I feel is separating me, that I feel is causing me, hindering me in my walk with God and my relationship with God. If that's you here tonight, no shame, no judgment, no one looking around. If that's you here tonight, with a show of hands, we want to pray with you. We want to believe with you. Amen. And we're going to pray together tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your instruction. We thank you, Father, that you desire a relationship with us. That you desire intimacy with us, that you long for us, that you're jealous over us. And God, I would ask tonight that if there be anything in our lives, anything in my life, anything in the heart and the life of anyone sitting under the sound of my voice, Lord, that hinders a relationship with you, that hinders our growth in you, Father. I ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would convict that heart, Lord, and you would start to move and you would do the work in their heart that only you can do. God, that you would open their eyes and you would draw them back to you, Father. Lord, we surrender tonight. We surrender, Lord, humbly, Father, what has been in our hearts, God, that has kept us from you. And tonight in this place, we declare that you truly are our treasure, our everything. If he's your treasure tonight, can you just lift your hands towards heaven? If you can say that tonight, Father, you are my treasure I long for you, Jesus. I long for you, Lord, more than anything in this life, more than anything in this world, Father. I long for you. Lord, we long for you. Only you can satisfy. Only you can satisfy. We surrender our hearts and our lives to you tonight, God. We ask that you would have your way in us, God, that we would be a people a people that reflect Jesus Christ in all that we say, in all that we do, God, that we would be examples, Father, that you would create in us who you want us to be, the heart that you want us to have, the mind that you want us to have, God, that you would do a work in your people, that you would do a work in us, Lord. We declare together tonight that you are our everything, our treasure, our priority, Lord. No one compares to you. Come on, let's sing this little simple song together in worship before we leave tonight. He's everything. Amen. Mm, everything. Everything.
am my treasure. You're my treasure, my priority. Lord, who can compare to you? Great is the measure of your royalty. Oh, morning star, you true. If you were blessed by this message or you need prayer, please email us at faithworshipcenterar at gmail.com.